Welcome to In the News Show. I am your host, Judy Desigatis, and I'm here with my co-host, Father Bill Weary. How are you today, Father Bill? Very good, Judy. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I would like to thank Joe Nebestinsky, who's our technician for the show today, and also David Hillowitz, who always provides our theme music. So we're going to get right into it today. Um, we want to cover certainly the Pope's statements. This is something that has been uh, needing clarity as well as a controversial issue that has come up recently in talking to reporters about homosexuality is not a crime, um, although he did say it was a sin. So I'm going to turn this over to Father because I know that um, he has the skinny on all this that's going on and to provide some clarity for not only us, but for all of our listeners. Well, clarity uh, is a little bit hard to come by uh, <laughs> out of the Vatican these days. Uh, however, uh, yes, he did. Um, he has spoken out. It was a Associated Press um, interview, uh, January 24th, I believe it is. It was. And where he said uh, being homosexual is not a sin. But um, he, he also said uh, that uh, the homosexuality is not a crime. Excuse me. But he, he also did say uh, homosexuality is a sin. Um, and then he backed off on that a little bit. And he said he was speaking hypothetically uh, of somebody who would who would say that sort of thing. What do you say? He was trying to get across the idea. What do you say when somebody says um, homosexuality is a sin? And um, he said, uh, fine, but let's move on, you know, and, and, and let's welcome them. So he sort of upheld the, the moral teaching, I, I believe, if I if I read him correctly, but he is uh, very adamant about decriminalization of homosexuality. And uh, that was a big point he was making, to which I have no real ob objection. Uh, so, um, but, but he uh, is very much into uh, LGBTQ rights, and I think we can all agree with that, <clears throat> that uh, we certainly uh, see everybody made in the image and likeness of God, no matter what their uh, proclivity, what, no, no matter what their or, or sexual orientation. I think, I, I believe the Pope's on the right page. Uh, as you know, he is not uh, allowing gay marriages, uh, uh, quote unquote, uh, which he can't. It's divine. It would contradict divine revelation. Um, but he is for same-sex blessings, blessings of unions, which I don't think can be done either. And the, the Castries for the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith has, has said that some months ago. Came out with a statement, we can't really do blessing ceremonies uh, for them either. So uh, that's um, that's where we're at. Uh, it, it is a sin. He said, fine, but let's distinguish between a sin and a crime. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, he said, it's also a sin to lack charity with one another. And he said, when I was, when I said it was a sin, I was simply referring to Catholic moral teaching, which says that every sexual act outside of marriage is a sin, unquote. Well, that's true. Uh, I, I agree with that. Um, and, uh, once again, there are 67 countries that um, have, I believe 67 countries that have laws against homosexuality. Um, certainly against homosexuality, sexual behavior, and he is he is against that. He said, "Drop those, drop those laws." And I certainly am not in favor of criminalizing um, the same same sex attraction or or, uh, or anything of that sort. Um, so, but but uh, we have to uphold the moral teaching, 
that any sex outside of marriage is, is a sin and homosexual uh, activity is a sin also. Keeping in mind, I'll say it over and over again, that homosexuality is, is not a sin. Right. People can't, people can't help it. Uh, and, I, and they tell me that. I talk to them about it. And they say, Father, I've had this ever since I was 10, 11, 12 years of age. And, uh, you know, don't always know where it came from. It just, it just is. And that can't be helped. So we're very clear in our moral teaching about that. And the Courage Movement, uh, which I head up for the Diocese of Harrisburg, the International Courage Movement, is, is in place to help uh, those with same-sex attraction, and to, to help them maintain chastity and to avoid the uh, activity. So um, that's all really I have to say uh, about that. And, and you have something, uh, I think, about the Episcopalian Church is also struggling, or I should say the Church of England is also struggling with this very much. Right. So this is not just a Catholic issue, but a Christian issue. And if you wanted to um, enlighten us about what the Church of England is saying about this as well. Well, I also wanted to mention the United Methodist Church that is split right down the middle on this issue. And they are in actual schism. And there are uh, congregations uh, around the United States, the United Methodists, that are leaving the, the mainline United Methodist Church, but they consider to be uh, too lax and loose on this issue, and uh, they are um, departing. And and the Episcopalian Church is pretty much holding the line uh, with the Catholic Church and not allowing actual marriages of two men or two women. However, I think they just recently um, allowed uh, blessing ceremonies. Uh, and that was a big debate mm-hmm. uh, in, 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 the, in the assembly. There, there are many of those who did not even want to to do that. Uh, but I think they went ahead and did that. Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, was in favor of uh, the blessing ceremonies and advocated for it as, as a compromise. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they, they are doing that. Uh, I read an article. Uh, it's in a news platform called, called Metro of a, um, a British celebrity who sat down with Welby um, last month and tried to uh, get him to approve uh, of gay marriages. And um, he um, he still held the line on that. It was, it was Huff, Huffington Post, excuse me, um, a story by Daniel Welsh. It was, it was the Huff Post. And um, Sandy Togsvig, uh, is a uh, QI host in England and a uh, lesbian and um, said, uh, penned an uh, 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 open letter criticizing the archbishop, saying he made a terrible mistake when he said publicly, as he did, marriage is between a man and a woman. And she objected to that uh, strenuously. Uh, and, and she asked for a, an audience with him to sit down and talk with him. And he did. And the two of them talked and it was amicable. But she came away disappointed, she said afterwards. She uh, said um, she was disappointed in the, in the outcome and um, that she wanted the archbishop to support uh, gay marriages, gay weddings, which he, he would not do. So uh, a very calm and considered conversation, she called it. A- anyway, uh, it's, it's uh, really rampaging through, through many, many of the churches today. We just have to hold the line. And the Holy Spirit will will guide the Catholic Church in, in this. We're in the area of divine revelation. 
with this. You cannot change divine revelation, the content that comes to us through scripture and tradition as defined and taught by the authentic magisterium of the church. Those data of doctrine that come to us uh, cannot be changed. And, and that's, this is one of them. I mean, the marriage between a man and a woman. I have a question, Father, because that, that word marriage has been brought up in the news media. I know that with Congress and the Defense of Marriage Act and things like that. Um, what is the comfortability among Catholics? Because I know I have this question and perhaps our listeners do, too. I mean, is it even proper for us to say gay marriage? I, don't I mean, think what so. about same-sex union? If marriage, in fact, is between a male and a female, a man and a woman, should we even be loosely calling marriage other than a man and a woman a marriage? Well, that's a very good point. And whenever I use the term gay marriage, I sometimes say, quote, unquote. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I think your point is well taken that uh, we should talk about same-sex unions. And actually... Uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble here from for, for a lot of listeners, maybe. <laughs> uh, I, I don't use the word. I try not to use the word gay. Uh, and, the, and the courage movement does not use that word. And you won't, you won't really see it. And Well, uh, the, the Pope has used, uh, Pope Francis in, in press conferences and some speeches, he has mm -hmm. used that term. Right. But it was, always, it was always avoided in church, in church documents. Uh, I, say, I talk in terms of same-sex attraction. Right. The, those with same-sex Attraction. The, the the reason being, uh, the term gay over identifies the, the individual with uh, sexual proclivity, sexual orientation. We're not to be reduced to our sexual desires. Um, I don't go. I don't walk around calling myself straight. You know. I'm, right. You know. I'm in the straight movement or something like that. We're not to be. We're not <laughs> yeah. to be over identified. Right. With with our with our sexual proclivities. And that's what the that's what the term gay does. And it's really a uh, it really reduces the dignity of the person. They don't. They don't think it does, but, but it does. Um, and, and we're all made in the image and likeness of God. We're first of all human beings, and then, if baptized, uh, we are a children of God uh, that that are bound for heaven. And um, you know, our sexuality is is a is a component. It's a part of who we are, but it is, it's not all of who we are. Right. Absolutely. Um, I, th I think I'm more comfortable with the same sex attraction or same sex union. I think that's a more of a proper uh, term, but I just wanted to see what your take was on that. I know you work with the courage movement and just as Catholics in general, I probably can get confused <clears throat> with that marriage, quote unquote marriage and what it's meant in the last several years, you know, in the secular media and, you know, within Catholicism. In the book of Genesis, we're going through the book of Genesis right now right. At, daily, yep. at daily mass, and we're going to get to the marriage uh, passages very in a few days. And it's between a man and a woman for the purposes of, of, of the bonding of the two, the uh, mutual comfort and support, and the begetting of children, right? Uh, bio biological children, and um, uh, popularly be, be be fruitful and multiply. God said, or be fertile and multiply, um, and uh, that's the mandate. That's the first commandment, by the way, in the Bible, not the Ten Commandments. The first commandment was that one. Be fruitful and multiply. That's what marriage That's what marriage is. Well, we have about one minute to go. I just want to shift gears a little bit in that minute um, because we have a, uh, the Super Bowl game that's going to be coming up this coming uh, Sunday, at least when we record this. Uh, it will be on Sunday, February 12th. Um, but one of the kickers from one of the teams that's going to be in the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Harrison Butker, I thought this was uh, great. If, if you got a chance to watch the game real quickly, um, he kicked the winning kick to, that put the Chiefs into the Super Bowl. 
Well, he is a devout Catholic, and he regularly <laughs> attends the traditional Latin Mass. Um, and he has been known to, to, quote, gives all glory to God, unquote, after kicking his team to the NFL Super Bowl. So I thought that was just kind of nice because these athletes are in the forefront. The kids are looking up to them. Um, a lot of times there's been a lot of negativity of things that have been going on in the field, uh, some positive things. And this is definitely a positive thing. So um, before we go to break, I'm going to round this up. Um, and then we'll talk some about some other things on the other side. But I think it's nice to know that um, he is a consistent kicker. He's a devout Catholic and he attends the mass. And, you know, how nice that this could um, uh, win this game with a kick and he gives all glory to God. So um, with that, I'm going to we're going to go to our break and please stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to 720 WHYF Holy Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to In the News Show. Here's a follow-up item that uh, Father's going to talk to us about. Uh, the last time on the show, we were talking about the uh, memorandum and the comments of the late Cardinal Pell and the book by Archbishop George Gonswain, um, which is critical of the uh, papacy of Pope Francis. And um, we didn't mention the last time, but there was also someone else who was critical of the Pope, Cardinal Gerhard Mueller. Father, if you could share with us a little bit about what you found there, and we can add that and, you know, to what we had talked about in the other show about some of these uh, statements that have been made about the, the papacy. These books that are called, these uh, exposés, if you want to call them that, from prominent churchmen are just really devastating for the papacy. And this is Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, a former prefect of the Congregation for the Do Doctrine of the Faith. He's released a book that is entitled, In Good Faith, Religion in the 21st century. Um, he does, he accuses the, uh, the Pope of um, be, being uh, light on correcting sexual uh, abuse within the church, especially among some of those of privileged status, quote unquote, of, of his friends. It's pretty devastating uh, con conviction there. And he mentioned the case of an Argentinian bishop, Gustavo Sanchetta, um, who was uh, treated lightly, apparently, by, by the Pope. And, um, and, he, and, he, and he quotes, and he, I'm quoting him, with this book, he says, I want to help people who have problems with the pontificate. The Pope has no phone contact with the Holy Spirit, unquote. Whoa, has no phone contact with the Holy Spirit. He does talk about his removal from the office. He did do a, a six-year term, I believe, but he was not re-upped uh, by Francis. Francis came on board near the end of that term. He, he, he was very close with Benedict, of course, and he said it was like a thunderbolt out of the blue when he got rem uh, when he was not uh, given another term. And he also claims in the book that Francis cares more for issues like climate change and globalization than he does for theology. When Francis called for a radical response from the church to combat climate change, Mueller argued against it, saying the church was not an expert in this area and should stay out of it. Uh, it's interesting to note that the Pope in a, uh, later uh, spoke well of his, his critics, and, and he uh, spoke well of, uh, I know, Gonswain and of Pell. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about uh, Mueller, but he said uh, he ha had some interesting things to say about uh, criticism. He said, um, you know, we, I, I prefer they don't criticize me, he says, but he says... I prefer that they do it to my face and that we uh, sort of sit down and talk about it. 
Here, here, here it is. Uh, is that Associated Press interview? And he says um, he, he described Gonswain in the interview as a good companion, and of Pell, quote, he was a great guy, great, unquote. He described bishops and priests who oppose him, quote, as like a rash that bothers you a bit, <laughs> um, unquote. They're like a rash. But he called on his critics to speak openly. And, he, and I'm quoting again, you prefer that they don't criticize for the sake of tranquility. But I prefer that they do it because that means freedom to speak. The only thing I ask is that they do it to my face because that's how we all grow. Right. Unquote. Uh, which uh, makes me I mean, that's all fine, well and good. Uh, but it makes me think of the Dubia Cardinals, that, that uh, the, the group of four cardinals uh, uh, several years ago. Cardinal Raymond Burke was one of them. He's still alive. And uh, Bishop uh, Athanasius Schneider, auxiliary bishop of Astana, Kazakhstan, uh, is still alive. The other two have died. Uh, they were call, called for a sit down with the Pope, uh, wrote, wrote him a private letter, asked for a response, did not get a response. Then they went public with this, uh, long, this long statement of theological problems uh, that the Pope has come across with. And, um, there no, no, no response to this day that I know of. And that there are other uh, uh, there are other theological groups of theologians, signatories that have come out with statements critical of the uh, pope's theology. And to my knowledge, I, I don't think he's ever responded to them. So I'm just saying uh, that's all fine, well and good. So why don't you sit down and talk to some of your critics? I, I think that would be a good thing for the pope to do. Yep, talking is definitely face to face. Talking is probably merited at this point. I think so. It's it's very painful, and I know that. Yeah. In the par in the parish as well to sit down with one's uh, critics and sometimes and sometimes the outcome is not good but but you have to give it a you have to give it a shot and I commend the Pope for those I commend it for those statements uh, that statement of uh, you gotta you know you prefer they don't criticize but on the other hand I I, I prefer that they do um, so that we can talk about it and that that's commendable. Yeah, it definitely takes two sides to sit down and talk about that. So if they're willing to do it, then then maybe something can be worked out and and they can each be heard. And that he would he would um, commend Powell and Gonswine as as really good people. Both of them came out with with uh, devastating critiques. Yep. Of of the Pope, and he was still able to uh, speak well of them. And of course, uh, presided at the uh, funeral. It was attended at least the funeral of Cardinal Pell. So very mm -hmm. good. Yeah, moving on to something that I saw in the National Catholic Register, um, since we were talking about things that are coming up as controversial. I like the title of this. It's called The Cat's Out of the Bag Now with the Synod on Synodality. This is interesting. A recent letter to the world's bishop from Cardinal Mario Gretsch. He's head of the Vatican Synod Secretariat and Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerich. And we've mentioned them before. The Relator General of the Synod on Synodality shows that managing a synod is not as easy as it used to be because um, Cardinal McElroy um, has said that letting the cat out of the bag, so to speak, or pulling back the curtain has simply said aloud what many people have suspected, that the Synod on Synodality was exactly, and this is what he's saying, exactly the right time to approve the ordination of women deacons, reconsider the ordination of women priests, Set aside St. Paul's scriptural teaching on not receiving Holy Communion in a state of mortal sin. Yeah. At, um, and a couple of other things. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Pell uh, was beside himself. Cardinal Pell of Australia, who died on, on the Synod on Synodality. Yes. Oh, he was, he was just beside himself. You know, opening up these, again, the dogmas 
and doctrines, opening them up for discussion. <clears throat> let's talk, you know, let's talk about this, you know, uh, but you can't really talk about it if it's divine revelation. Women's ordination, it's just not, it's just not to be. Uh, those would be those would be invalid, and I know that's very out of step with the times today, because all 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 of the congregations, all the denominations have, have gone with women, just about all of them with women pastors and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, John Paul II and Pope Paul VI came out with very strong dogmatic statements against women's ordination for the priesthood. Anyway, so and the Pope, to his credit, Pope Francis. Is very critical of the German synod on synodality. He he has been critical. He thinks they're going too far, a and he has said that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that that just like you say, you can't change the uh, the magisterium and the dogma, and that is a great concern for us. And the other thing I think it what people need to be thinking about is we know that uh, Pope Francis has had some ill health, and he seems to be doing better now. But he's already signed that resignation letter that if he's unable to serve, that he would step down. Um, and right. these cardinals are the ones who are in place to follow him or, or possibly um, be elected to be the next pope. Could so. be. Now, he did, he did a very successful trip, as we all know, to Africa. Yes. Uh, that was fabulous. And uh, he held, you know, he held up well. And he's, he's to be commended in the, on the wheelchair with the with the canes and the crutches. And um, and it was very favorably received in, in Africa. And uh, let's face it, he's he's good at that. Um so God bless him for that as well. Yes, amen, amen to that. Um, I want to move on to um, something that's of concern that happened in, in Canada. Uh, this is according to LifeSite News. We have a Catholic school board. This is a young man. His name was Josh Alexander, and he, st he stood up to um, opposing gender ideology. And this is at a Renfrew <laughs> County Catholic district Um the school board there justified his suspension by saying that his beliefs constitute the bullying of trans students. So, um, th again, this happened in Canada, but, you know, could happen anywhere. Um, he's a Canadian high school student. He protested the, his Catholic school last year, allowing gender-confused males to use girls' bathrooms. And he was oh. permanently suspended by the school board from attending class for the rest of the year. Oh, no. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Well, then there was the case of the uh, the students on the March for Life uh, in going into the Smithsonian Institute. That, that's uh, right. Air, that's right. Air and Space Museum with a pro-life caps on. Uh, it, it said pro-life on the cap, and they were told to leave. Mm -hmm. uh, they were from a Catholic high school, and uh, there's a legal action pending on that. So you just you just never know. I'm telling you, we're in. I keep saying white martyrdom. We're in the time of white. We haven't gotten quite to red martyrdom yet. And this is this is the feast day of St. Paul Miki and his companions, uh, February 6th. Um, uh, terrible persecutions of the Japanese uh, in the uh, 16th and 17th centuries. But uh, I call it white martyrdom. We're, we're going to be criticized. We're going to be fired from our jobs. Uh, we're going to be laughed at. We're going to be ostracized for our, for our Catholic beliefs, especially in the area of sexual morality. If we if we hold fast to our convictions, uh, it's going to get tough. It's going right. to be very tough. We have about a minute and a half to go, Father, and I know we have some upcoming feast days. Um, can we talk a little oh. bit about those just real quick? We have World Day sure. of the Sick, which is Our Lady of Lourdes, and then, of course, Valentine's Day and Zero uh -huh. Methodius coming up. So um, do you want to comment, comment on those briefly? Well, I would like to uh, just 
comment on Sura Methodius. That's February 14th. Uh, actually, on the official uh, calendar, I, we don't even have St. Valentine's Day. I mean, he That's is right. a saint of the, of the uh, very mysterious origins of the uh, Catholic Church. Uh, there's several Valentines, several St. Valentine's Day, so we're not sure which one uh, is being celebrated. He, he was a priest of the early of the early church. How he got associated with lovers, there's various stories on that. Um, I'm not going to get into that. But also on that feast is the Feast of Cyril Methodius. They are fabulous saints. They were brothers, two brothers from Thessalonica, Greece, who evangelized in the um, 8th, 9th century Eastern Europe, present-day Czech Republic, Slovakia, uh, parts of Russia, and invented an alphabet, uh, invented a language. Right, the Cyrillic because, alphabet. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, named after St. Cyril, uh, the, the one brother. Uh, and uh, because the people, the native people, did not have a written language, only a, only a spoken language. So how are they going to read the Bible if they don't have a language? So Cyril Methodius basically invented a language. Old, It's all called um, Old, uh, old uh, Slovenian. And, um, and, and out of it, Came it's the Russian alphabet, the Cyrillic alphabet. Out mm-hmm. of it came Russian and other East European languages. So uh, they're they're fabulous, just a, a wonderful. And um, called uh, on the carpet a couple times to Rome on false accusations of heresy brought forward by fellow bishops who were jealous of their work. They also uh, did the liturgy in the in the native, which the Eastern rites do now. Have always done. They did the uh, liturgy in the native language, not Latin or Greek, but uh, they celebrated the mass in the language of the people. And the Pope said, "Go ahead, I'm okay with it. You're all right." And um, so they went ahead with it. But they got a lot of flack, as, as saints will. They got a lot of flack for their efforts. Well, that about finishes it for today. So, if you could give us a blessing, Father, to send us on our way. And may Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.